Hello, and welcome to the Celebration Church Podcast. We are a faith-filled, family-focused church that's in Lakeville, Minnesota. In a moment, you'll be able to hear a sermon from one of our pastors. We hope that you enjoy and grow closer to God through these messages. And now, for a sermon from our lead pastor, Derek Ross. Amen. 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 Come on. Can we thank the Lord for that awesome report? Wow. You know, I've walked with the Lord basically my whole life, those real similar four decades. And I think this is the first time I've ever heard of the Lord doing a 12,500% return on investment. I've read the verses about 30, 60, and 100 fold. I don't know where that 12,500 fold is, but I'm praying in Jesus' name for my Assemblies of God retirement account to find that. Praise the Lord. Amen. We don't get a pension as pastors, but whatever that is, Kevin, I want some of that. Praise the Lord. Well, uh, you know, we know that the blessings of God are way more than money, but they also include money. We thank the Lord that he's brought back kids. He's uh, set free. He's delivered. He's healed. He's done all these things, but uh, he's also uh, provided in ways that it's hard to deny that he's at work. Amen? Amen. Well, uh, I'm continuing our series here in the month of November. We've got the theme uh, to the ends of the earth, and we're talking about kingdom builders here today. I just want to share some exciting testimonies, some updates, some reports. I'll just let you know the first service went long, and I don't know how to shorten it in amount of time to get you down to the normal time, so it's probably just going to be like an extra 10 minutes, but we just got too much to give the Lord thanks and praise for and give you updates on what's happening. And so even if you don't want an extra 10 minutes, you're going to get it. And it's filled with good things because he's done so much around the world. Amen? So we're going to share some things that God has been doing because of your generosity already. And uh, we don't really stop often enough to share all that he's doing. But uh, today I want to share about, I don't know, about 10 things that he's been doing that we can give thanks for because of your previous generosity. We've been able to be part of this year and we get to celebrate what he's doing all around the world. Our theme is to the ends of the earth. And we're talking about kingdom builders here today. Now, just as a reminder, uh, kingdom builders is some phrasing, some words that uh, become kind of popular in the last decade, especially here in Minnesota. Uh, for us, kingdom builders really just means missions, not just as in, oh, it's only missions, but it's exclusively missions. So if we talk about uh, things that we're doing, remodeling here at the church or lobby expansion, spoiler alert, starting next year, we, we use the words heart for the house for those kind of things. And if you want to help with what is going on right here, then we do it in that regard. So when we say kingdom builders, it's exclusively missionaries, missions partners. They might be in the Twin Cities, as you'll hear about next week from our local partners or what he's doing around the world. So that's what we're talking about today and celebrating because of your continuing ongoing generosity, we get to share some reports for what he's doing to the ends of the earth. Amen? All right, if you have a Bible, you can turn to Acts chapter 1, verse 8, if you're able, if you'd stand this morning. I just want to read two verses. I shared both of these at our Taste of Nations dinner on Sunday night. We'll share a few pictures and some awesome things. A little bit different. Normally, I like to preach from an entire text, but so much has been going on. I just kind of want to explain a little bit about what God's been doing, what your generosity has already provided opportunity for, and uh, kind of our procedures for how you can be part of it going forward. Jesus said it this way in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8, but you will receive power. By the way, I would just like to say, desiring power is nothing new for followers of Jesus, for Christians. Uh, Remember, the religious leaders of the day were wanting the Messiah to come and to give them power. And he said, I'll give you power. And they said, we want power. But it was a different kind of power. See, they were looking for that Roman government, that oppressive leadership to be overthrown. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you power. It's dunamis power. It's dynamite power. But it's for my kingdom and not yours. So, you know, we ought to want power. We ought to be desiring and involved in those processes, but we ought not worship that kind of power. We ought to accept help from the government, but we ought not to worship the government. Jesus said, you will receive my kind of power. When? When the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses. What does his witnesses do? We tell his story, not our own. We tell his version of events, not our perception of them. It's we will be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. You're going to be witnesses for Jesus here, there, and everywhere. Can I get a good amen? Then he went on to say, Matthew 24, 14, uh, Jesus said, and this gospel of the kingdom, that's not a prosperity gospel. That's not a poverty gospel. It's this gospel. What gospel? The good news that only Jesus saves, but that whosoever will 
confess him as Lord, will not suffer separation from the Father forever, but by the power of God will be saved because of the finished work of Jesus Christ. This gospel of the kingdom, it will be preached in the whole world. Yes, to the ends of the earth as a testimony to all nations. Remember what Bishop Yerkin said last week and Madeline, they said, we're so thankful for the American testimony that's going around the world. We ought not give excuse or all oh, shucks and shy away from the blessing of God in our life, but we ought not worship it or keep it to ourselves. We ought to use it as a testimony for what God is doing all around the world. So it's gonna be a testimony to all nations and then the end will come. So that's what we're doing, to the ends of the earth. We're talking about kingdom builders here today. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the great opportunity we've been given to build your kingdom, not our own, not for our name's sake, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus has done. Jesus, you said you will build your church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So we say thank you for giving us opportunity once again to be part of what you're doing, building your church and expanding your kingdom. Give us ears to hear, Holy Spirit, what you're saying today. And we ask it in that mighty name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen, amen. You may be seated. Well, last Sunday morning, we heard from Bishop Yerkin and Madeline about the opportunity in Central Asia, and I'll talk a little bit more about that in one of the points here today. Uh, last Sunday night, in case you missed it, you missed out. We had the Taste of Nations, and uh, we had just a couple pictures that we want to show you for those that missed it, and we want you to put it on your calendar right now in advance. It's going to be the second weekend of November. It's when we had hoped to do it, but when Bishop Yerkin said he could be here from Kazakhstan, the first Sunday of November, we said, that's when we want to do Taste of Nations, when you can be here. Some of you were like, but we go hunting, and that's why next year it will be on the second weekend of November, like we wanted to. But it was a great time. You missed it. And uh, here we go. Uh, Pastor Vicente was our MC for the evening. Uh, he's such a gift of God to the body of Christ, but specifically us here at Celebration. And uh, I'm so thankful for his heart to, to the ends of the earth. And also, he's really funny when he's the host of the evening. And so we had a great time. There was a little bit of food. Uh-huh, we, we separated that. Uh, there was uh, Latin America, there was Africa, there was Europe, and um, um, what else did we have? Our, ours, were we Europe? I don't even remember. I just went through all the lines. What I know is that there was not North America. That, that's my line, okay? Praise the Lord. There was fried chicken on that line, some hot dish. I didn't even say casserole that time. Look at me. I'm becoming more Minnesotan by the year. Um, the only thing that I noticed is that the line for tacos was very long. So I told Pastor Vicente, I want shorter line for tacos. We need more tacos at Taste of Nations. And because I'm the pastor, next year, shorter line for tacos. That's a campaign promise you can count on, friends. It's going to happen next year. Shorter line for tacos to the glory of God. We had some entertainment that have to do with some of our global trips. I cannot tell you where the global trips are going next year. If you came on Sunday night, you got to hear. But in two weeks, Pastor Vicente is returning with the group from Colombia. By the way, they leave tomorrow. So be in prayer for them. There's 12 going to Columbia and we get to hear what God does on that trip in two weeks. And so he'll also share where he's going. I really want to tell it, but I take a lot of people's fun announcements. And so I cannot tell you that we're going to go to Israel, but you should, I'm just saying like, you should think about it. And anyway, this is one of the things, this was the lion dance. And uh, that was awesome. It was kind of creepy because it was right next to me. You can see me there in that picture. And it was like all up in my personal space, but whatever, it was fun. And then of course, there's no gathering that Pastor Vicente is in charge of that does not have the Latin dancers. And so that was a lot of fun as well. Praise the Lord. So it was a good thing. You should be there. You don't want to miss it. Now, also at the event, we were able to hear from some of our partners that serve in some countries that is more hostile toward our faith right? It requires creativity for workers to have a business visa to be there. And so we were honored to be able to host some of these workers with us. And uh, because that event on Sunday night was not online, we were able to hear from them a little bit more what God is doing, hear stories and testimonies that the gospel is advancing, that God's kingdom is being built. But because of security concerns and the internet here on Sunday morning, we're not able to hear from them. And so we were really thankful for that. And as we were praying, um, we're making a decision to make some schedule changes next year, 2023, here at Celebration. Um, we're going to be moving our prayer gathering to Wednesday night. Well, really what's going to happen is our primary adult gathering on Wednesday night will be more prayer focused. Now it's not exclusively prayer. We're going to have worship. We're going to be able to hear from these workers, these missionaries from around the world because it won't be online. We'll be able to hear more specifically and pray more um, 
I was going to say intelligently, but pray specifically because we'll know the needs. And so it'll give us another opportunity because as we just looked at the calendar, we're like, we need to hear what God is doing, support our missionaries and our partners. And so we're going to be inviting them oftentimes on those Wednesdays. You'll be able to hear. Now we're still going to have other things because we already have kids in youth ministry on Wednesday night. It just gives us the biggest opportunity to pray more. We know that in these last days, we need more prayer, not less prayer. And so um, probably it'll average out probably like 35 of those. And then we're still going to pause to have men's and women's opportunities, his story, her story, because it's important to hear what God is doing in our lives. But while we're doing those, in addition, we'll still have things like alpha, financial uh, classes, parenting. So we'll, we'll keep those going in addition to, but we really need more times to hear from our missionaries, to pray with them, and to be united in prayer. As I was preaching through the book of Acts, I couldn't help but notice the unity that comes from corporate prayer. So we're going to be shifting our day of corporate prayer and fasting to Wednesday and noon prayer and all those kind of things, but you will not want to miss it. We'll give you more info as we get to January, but that pretty much tells you the big changes that are coming for that. So it's going to be awesome. All right. Number one, because I do have note sheet. I talked a long time, but I don't know what else to take out. So number one, this is kingdom builders. We must respond compassionately. I believe that every church has the same mission and vision because we don't get to decide that. This is really the how we're gonna do what Jesus asked us to do. Jesus told everybody, regardless of your church affiliation, he said, go into all the world, right? Make disciples in every nation. So we're all doing the same thing, but we all might do it a little differently. I think of it this way. Uh, when, you, when you got married, you may have found out that other people washed dishes in a weird way. Like how many people you grow up, you pre-wash before you put them in the dishwasher? You're normal. Where are you at? I just need to know where the regular people are at. Okay. Yeah. Pete, you're not sure. Ask your wife. She'll tell you if you know how to do it right. Okay. And then the other people, you just put the plate in, caked on with spaghetti sauce. You just put it right in the dishwasher. Where are you? Where are the weird? Praise the Lord. Okay. Some of you people had marital issues to work through at that point because you were both committed to washing dishes, but you did them in different ways. The what was the same, but the how was different. I believe that's a similar way within the kingdom of God. The what is the same. We're all supposed to go and make disciples of people in all nations, but the how specifically we had celebration accomplished that may be a little different than somewhere else. So it's important to know how is it that we're doing it? I believe compassion ministries are where most people begin their above and beyond generosity journey. What I mean is we read the Bible and we see that the tithe belongs to God. Tithe stands for 10%. It's the first fruits. You heard Kevin and Jackie mention that. So the Bible says that that first 10% belongs to God. It's a tithe. We bring it back to him because it belongs to him. We bring it back first because what we do first matters and he desires to be first. It's his place. It's first fruits. But then when we say, what else can we do? Because God, you've done so much for us. Getting by with the minimum, the starting point is not really where Jesus followers end up. And for us today, 2022, I think most Christians take that next step of giving, that next step of generosity when it comes to compassion ministries. Now, this is kind of opposite of the way I grew up, and I'll talk about that at the end. But what happens is our heart is filled with compassion when our eyes are filled with the need. In other words, when we see something, it's one of the reasons that we believe going on a global trip is important. It's why we want to see pictures and videos, because if it's just on paper, you, you see this a lot in, in political campaign things, right? When it's just a stat on paper, we can be very dismissive one way or another of whatever it is. But when we see the hurting, when we see the need, it becomes much more challenging for anyone with a soul to say, well, they don't matter. We're filled or hopefully we're filled with compassion when our eyes notice the need. Next week, we'll have our nine local partners with us, and we'll get to see more about what is happening right here in the Twin Cities. But today, I'm talking a little bit more globally because next week will be almost entirely locally. Uh, I want to share uh, in each point uh, one organization that we partner with with some stats on the screen and then also give you two videos. So that way, the math people in the room, you're like, oh, I liked the spreadsheet. And then 
the rest of everybody will be like, oh, you know, like I like to know we're making a difference, right? But some people, I saw in the first service, they were taking all the pictures of the slides, you know, with the stats, and then other people were just crying with the video. And it's like, whatever, we're here for you, whichever way, you know, you operate. But uh, Convoy of Hope, World Serve International, Haiti Teen Challenger, three of our global partners that uh, are with us in this way. Convoy of Hope is our primary disaster relief compassion partner. During uh, COVID two years ago, they were who we partnered with and we were able to give away over $200,000 worth of food. It was that weird time where we had to pop the trunk and people would drive around in a circle, you know, around the church. And it was like a drug deal in the church parking lot. They pop the trunk, we put it in, we shut it and they go, you know, but they didn't pay us, you know, because we were giving it away. And so Convoy of Hope makes this possible. So even in our regular partnership with them, um, but there's more than just, we've heard a little bit when there's uh, like that hurricane, you know, we helped out in Puerto Rico and there's those opportunities, but there's regular things that are going on. And so on this uh, big slide, you see there's things going on in the United States and around the world and then in rural places. So in the United States, there's a lot of issues that we have. There's, there's problems, there's, there's food oases, there's places that are having lack, or it might be electricity. There was that ice storm in Dallas. There's different things that happen in our nation. And um, in, over the past year, there was 22 new things, new responses that were needed in our country, and five that were continual. So one of the things about Convoy, they say we want to be first in and last out. So it's more than just the immediate food, water, world power is out. If there's a rebuilding of infrastructure or things that go on. They're partnered with that. So you can see uh, throughout COVID, 17 million people uh, have been given food and that kind of stuff. Big initiative. Around the world, new responses people serve. So it's it's our partner that happens here in the United States, also around the world. You can see over 465,000 school children fed every day. Now, uh, for them to do it a little bit more affordable, so like in our family, we help sponsor at 10 bucks a month feeding a kid because you don't get any letter or note or anything like that, but it's just getting them the food uh, in those countries, 465,000. Over 23,000 people trained in agriculture. So a college uh, friend of mine, Dr. Jason, we call him Dr. Dirt, but he has a PhD in manure praise the Lord, uh, goes in and helps these people around the world figure out how to have higher yields in their farming because it's not just enough to feed people, but if we can help them grow different crops, it can help their own economy. So that's going on. Women's empowerment, rural initiatives. I, I just have to move on because I know I talk too long, but there's a lot of emphasis in our nation and around the world in the cities. That's where people hubs are and all that. But we recognize that our nation and our world is still rural. We may or may not recognize that because we're in a suburb, but truthfully, when you look at landmass, when you look at the setup, our world is still rural. And so I'm thankful that, that uh, Convoy and our partnerships here in America, but also around the world is not saying we're only in the big places where the lights are bright and the news media is strong. We want to say to those in the rural spaces, you're not lost, you're not forgotten, and you're still important. And so Convoy helps us with that. World Serve International, uh, you'll see a video of just a second, uh, our primary uh, bringing water wells. And so needing clean water, as you'll hear in the video, one of the biggest changes that can happen for an economy uh, is to have clean water. And then Haiti Teen Challenge. Haiti continues to remain one of the most impoverished and problematic nations in the world. And uh, by the way, I want to mention all of these projects, all of our partners, there's going to be one common thing. Somebody, uh, we will have vetted them either in person or talking through leadership here. So I've interviewed Dr. Julio, uh, who leads their Hated Teen Challenge. I've met with him upstairs uh, in the youth room. We, we meet with these leaders because if we stand up and say to you, this is one of our partners, we want you to know that we've at least looked into them. We've done some research. We've checked into, does the money actually go there? Does it actually happen? So anyway, that's important for me to mention because Haiti is also a place where there's a lot of corruption. You'll hear that in the video. Uh, but I've been there personally. I've talked with Dr. Julio, the leader, and great things are happening. So World Serve International, Haiti Team Challenge, would you take a look at these videos here this morning? No one, no mother or daughter, father or son, should be faced with the question, water or school, water or job, water or safety. Unsafe water and poor sanitation kills more people around the world than wars and natural disasters. In fact, 80% of all illnesses in developing countries are caused by a lack of access to clean water. 
These are the realities of the world water crisis and what we battle every day. WorldServe International facilitates sustainable access to clean water for entire communities of people in the most challenging locations on Earth. Sub-Saharan Africa is one of the most water-stressed regions in the world, and we are working to solve the water crisis there. Working with local leaders, especially women who are tasked to get water for their families on a daily basis, we determine how we can get heavy-duty drilling rigs into places that there are no roads, no electricity. And there we drill deep boreholes, and we use solar power to pump the water up to holding tanks, and then we distribute it through to the community through water taps. Clean water changes everything. Reliable access to it makes possible education for children, economic empowerment for women, health care for families, and sanitation for all. We're giving Africa our best because Africa deserves our best. Haiti, once considered the jewel of the Caribbean, has been ravaged by corruption, political unrest, natural disasters, and fatherlessness for many generations. Every year, hundreds of millions of dollars are poured into the nation, and no other country has more NGOs per capita than Haiti. Yet according to a recent UN report, Port-au-Prince is the dirtiest city in the world, and 80% of people are living in abject poverty. How can this cycle be broken? Is there hope for Haiti? Yes. God is up to something heroic in Haiti. He is declaring a radical change for this generation. He is fulfilling his promises of Isaiah 61. He's changing the paradigm, pursuing leaders, provoking a generation, calling his people. He is restoring the land. He's creating something new. It's not about fixing Haiti. It's about walking with our Haitian brothers and sisters in love, helping them build godly leaders of integrity and using their talents and resources to develop a lasting strategy for change. And it's working. God is drawing the forgotten young men and women of Haiti Teen Challenge and changing them. Students arrive skeptical and hard, coming from immense trauma. For many, it's the first bed they have ever had and the first safe place they have not had to sell their bodies for food. By loving them through words and actions, we remind each individual who they are in Christ and who God is. Their broken relationships with their creator, his creation, and themselves begin to mend. We engage them in a thriving family of believers at Rendezvous Christ Church, a church born out of the ministry of Haiti Chin Challenge. Little by little, hearts are softened, flickers of hope emerge, and God transforms them. Their past no longer defines their future. For our part, we equip them to be servants of God. We give them responsibility, generating a healthy sense of pride as they complete chores, participate in daily devotions, and serve the community. We teach skills and empower them to pursue a profession. We connect them with internships and job opportunities and hold business workshops and job interview trainings. The personal mentors from Rendezvous Christ Church show students and graduates how to apply biblical principles in their lives utilizing God's truth. Finally, we mobilize this army of Christian warriors. Transformed into new men and women in Christ, they go back to their communities as godly leaders of integrity who will not compromise, who will stand for Christ, who will love their families and neighbors and demonstrate that a Christian serves others. They have a new vision. They see themselves as God sees them. They see their families as God sees their families. They see their neighbors as God sees their neighbors. They see their jobs as God sees their jobs. They see Haiti as God sees Haiti. God is breaking the cycle of the past and leading the next generation to transform the nation. We are warriors for Christ. We are breaking down the walls. We are building the church. We are godly leaders of integrity. We are proclaiming that our nation will be a witness to the world for the splendor of God. Awesome, awesome. Well, it's exciting to see what he's doing, and so... Uh... We're not just responding compassionately. You see number two on your notes. We also need to train intentionally. Train intentionally. This is something Bishop Yurkin talked about last week. I believe this is most people's next step uh, in their generosity journey. As our hearts are 
moved with compassion to meet some immediate needs, we eventually recognize, intellectually, we, we think about the reality with our brains that we can't just continue to feed and, and meet the immediate crisis needs, but we also have to plan for how we're going to change things for the future. We need some systems. We need some education that will bring about uh, a change long term. This requires investing now for returns or a harvest later. Um, it doesn't give the, quite the same heartwarming feeling like, oh, we saw that immediate water bringing to a community food that was there. But when we see what could happen over decades or generationally, it begins to make sense. And so uh, Bishop Yerkin talked about the new Bible college that we're helping to start there in Central Asia. I love what he said. He said, every believer deserves to have a qualified pastor. I would say the word there is trained, you know, but uh, as you mentioned, a lot of their pastors are just recent drug addicts, you know, that just got set free by the power of God, may or may not have read the Bible all the way through one time yet, but if you've been saved longer than anybody else and you could go back to your village, praise the Lord. You are now the most qualified, but you're still unqualified. So he's like, we need qualified, we need trained pastors and leaders because uh, there, there's definitely some talk and I'm sure that no pastor's not good, but they say one of the most dangerous things in a church is an untrained or unqualified pastor. And uh, if you think that's bad in America, it's worse around the world. And so uh, we're, we're here to help that. We're translating those materials, the very first Christian discipleship materials in their language. Uh, praise the Lord. And then an undergrad degree to come. So it's going to be awesome. We'll get a chance to go there and see that as well. Um, priority one has built Bible schools, physical buildings. You know, right before COVID had happened, we were in Nepal with a group on a global trip and we got to be part of that dedication of that building. Missionary Sam Johnson's been with us and uh, we've been helping in India as well. But there's a, a um, slide of different things. They've been involved in 55 countries around the world and on five continents because Sam is, shall we say, no spring chicken. He's 83 years old, but God's been using him. He just has energy all over. So the places in red were the emphasis this year, light blue were places that they've done projects before and everywhere else is an opportunity uh, for us still to go. And so then you can see the next slide has pictures as uh, you saw there, Tanzania. I shared a few of those pictures when I was there with Dr. Barnabas this summer and I flew there was there for three days and flew back. And uh, then India right here, you see down here, this is the project that we've been helping. Um, it's progressed a little bit since then, but we need to keep praying. COVID has continued to hold things back in, in Delhi where there's 22 million people and the restrictions have really continued to slow progress. And so we're just praying that the opportunity will loosen up as uh, we've got some funds that have been sent there and ready to roll. Um, I, I don't know when I'm supposed to go back to move forward, but the, the buildings are always built in line with whatever is in the country. So if they don't have air conditioning, we don't put that in because we want to build the building debt-free so that it does not hinder the work of the national church, but it enhances the national church. This is not us continually saying, here's how we do church in America. No, it's building a building so that they, Bishop Yurkin in Kazakhstan, Dr. Barnabas there in Tanzania, can say, here's how we are going to reach our people for the glory of God. And so we want to build the building without a payment because funds is something difficult for them to come through, but they've got passion as the gospel is spreading and we come and we provide that as well. Uh, the other two videos that we're going to show you now are our local uh, partner in a downtown area, North Central University, and then Trinity Bible College as well. So the Sons of God has 19 Bible colleges in America. And so we partner with two, I think, uh, they're the two closest to us, but also the most uh, different than each other. So North Central University, right up there, is in downtown Minneapolis. It's the most downtown university we have in our fellowship. It's kind of nicknamed Downtown U, okay? And so that's where it's the most, nobody is more downtown than North Central in all of our cities in America. And then we have Trinity Bible College, which is in Ellendale. Right after you Google Kazakhstan, you can Google Ellendale and find out where that is. And so if North Central is downtown, Let's just say Ellendale, the number one restaurant to take somebody on a date to is Casey's Gas Station because they sell pizza. <laughs> Let's just say North Central and Trinity have walked two different paths in the last two years. But we are so grateful to partner with both because we want to train students, leaders to be effective in uh, metropolitan areas. Thank you. 
One, Susie, for helping. Eddie, faintly, you were a little bit slower, but okay. Jeff, you worked there. That was a good time for you. (laughs) And we also want to train marketplace and ministry leaders for rural settings. And so we believe every place, every person needs trained Christian leaders to be effective witnesses in the marketplace and in churches. So we're honored to partner with North Central and Trinity Bible College. Let's take a look at these two videos here this morning. Friends at Celebration Church, President Scott Hagen here in Minneapolis. I just wanted to send a heartfelt thank you to Celebration Church Pastor Derek Ross uh, for the gift of that bus and transportation. Inflation has just really hammered our budgets at the university this year and travel costs have just been exorbitant. Uh, That gift right there is going to save us tens of thousands of dollars in the years ahead uh, for our students. And I cannot thank the church, uh, the leaders there, Pastor Derek, again, you mean the world to us. And on behalf of our whole school, we just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. The world is changing. At times it seems as though the world were darker than ever before. And still we hear the Spirit saying, Whom shall I send? Who will go for me? These challenges didn't fall to the great leaders of yesteryear. They fall to us. God has and always will use broken people to accomplish the work of the kingdom the greatest work that one can aspire to. Here at Trinity Bible College and Graduate School, we take the responsibility very seriously. We are committed to training and educating people with theological reflection and missional passion in order that people and communities everywhere will hear the good news of Jesus and see his love demonstrated. In a world that is changing more rapidly than ever, people need that which never changes. They need a different way forward a better path. They need the king and the kingdom, and we are going to give it to them. Amen. Well, it is uh, great to see that. You will not see that celebration bus. North Central is going to be putting their own logo on it, but uh, I had so many things. It was parked downtown. A lot of people keep texting me. They're like, are you here to pick students up? I was like, well, I don't know, but it's fine. We're going we're gonna to get that there. But it's awesome to say, you know what? It wasn't really used very often here at the church, and now it can be used all the time. President Hagen had actually told me it would probably save them about $100,000 uh, in uh, chartering the bus. I said, that's before you have to repair it a little bit, but praise the Lord. Uh, we no longer need to pay um, $24,000 to repair that bus every couple of years. It seemed like that's what it added up to, praise the Lord, but now it's their blessing. And uh, isn't that awesome that God, that God will, uh, yeah, amen, that's right, Sue. Uh, but, you know, the Bible says, don't store for yourselves uh, treasure uh, here on earth where, where moth and rust corrupt. What we don't use often gets destroyed or it wastes away. And here's an example of a usable item that just doesn't fit our ministry, but they need it all the time. So we're able to basically get rid of, bless, something that we don't need was holding us back and now it's gonna propel them forward. And so when we go through our life saying, God, what is it that you have that is in my life that somebody else needs? Come on, it could be a blessing to both people. (laughs) It's not our problem and it's a blessing to them and we believe the kingdom goes forward, amen? All right, number three, send globally. I'm doing a little bit better on time today, but not still not gonna be there. Okay, send globally. I think this 
is today probably the final step in most people's uh, generosity journey, right? So the tithe belongs to God. We respond about compassion ministries. Oh, we see the need. We want to do something. Then we're like, hey, this is good, but that seems like a lot of money. If that's all we do, we need something that will be sustainable. Okay, we're going to train leaders. We're going to build Bible schools and change systems and nations. All right. Oh yeah, we should send people around the world. You know, the truth is 42% of the world is still waiting to hear the good news of Jesus Christ for the first time. They, they don't have Christian literature in their language. They, they've not had a missionary or a pastor come to their village. They've not been given the opportunity to surrender their life to Jesus Christ. 42% of the world still waits for a man or woman who will say yes to Jesus and go to the ends of the earth. You know, this is not something just that we are doing here in America. I'm excited to report that within the Assemblies of God, we now have 109 nations that are sending at least one missionary to another place for the good news of Jesus Christ. This is not just an American thing. This is a Bible thing to go to your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So we're excited to be part of what God is doing. Now, this is opposite of the way that I think that missions process was when I was a kid. When I was a kid, I don't recall, um, I guess we probably built Bible schools somewhere, you know, but it wasn't as happening quite as much. Sam Johnson had only done it once or twice. It wasn't as big of a deal. And we really didn't have these compassion ministries. We didn't know necessarily that much about water wells and feeding programs and these type of things. What we knew, missions really meant missionary. That a man or woman or their family would say yes to Jesus. They would go to a foreign land and we wouldn't see them again for a couple years till they brought slideshow back. And it was, you know, they would show us what it looked like in another country. We didn't have the internet. We didn't know what these other lands looked like. I've talked about it. Missionaries, they were my heroes. They were, they were, they were like a cross between Mother Teresa and Indiana Jones, right? They had a, a, a machete in one hand to get through the jungle of whatever country and a Bible in the other. They were amazing. But that's all we knew about missions was just that God would call people to go and say yes. My great grandpa, when he said yes to leave, pastoring in Iowa to go and be a missionary in Africa. Then that got canceled and he came to Minnesota instead. Praise the Lord. That's 1946, Ross family right there. But technically it was the Hasties, but that's okay. We married into them, so it's fine. We took them over. Um, but this is now kind of the last thing that people think of with missions. But I believe if we're going to get the gospel to the remaining 42% of the world, we must send men and women to those who've never heard. Next week will be about our local partners, but as I've said, the Assemblies of God has always been a globally focused fellowship. We've always, when we got together in 1914, we said we want doctrinal purity and we want to be a missions sending agency. And therefore, uh, we've continued that to this day. Currently, to date at Celebration, we support 40 missionaries every month in addition to the projects and partnerships that we have all around the world. Just so you know, Minnesota uh, is the number one missionary sending district in the country of the Assemblies of God. We have more people who are saying, yes, I'm willing to go, which means churches willing to support in prayer and finances than any other district in the country. We used to be number two, but now we're number one. Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for your excitement. Not everybody all at once. Please, no, no, hold your excitement. That's fine. Okay. Uh, also, as of a couple years ago, we became the number one global missions giving district in the entire country. Praise the Lord. Amen. We're thankful for that. Now, we get our state is all together. Texas gets three districts. So, you know, sometimes you got to split the big boys up and you're like, you leave us alone. But we're the 22nd largest numerically district, but the number one giving and going district in the nation. I believe for all the jokes about Norwegian and Lutheran heritage, the people of Minnesota have said yes to the Lord's call more than any other district in our nation. Amen. Amen. 
So I want to show you kind of how we set these things up with Assemblies of God World Missions. I may say it kind of fast, AGWM, Assemblies of God World Missions. You may have seen some of these maps on banners in the lobby up at the chapel. Uh, by the way, you can find a lot of this information if you'd like to go to agwm.org. I don't know what other submenus you need to click on, but you can go and learn. We'll talk a lot more about this on Wednesdays in the New Year's. We'll have just a little bit more time. I want to show you the entire map. Um, of the world so that you can see these banners put together as one. You can see the regions that our fellowship has divided the world into, okay? Now, international ministries are ministries that are based here in America, but they support all of the other regions. This is in addition to AGUSM, Assemblies of God U.S. missions, okay? So that's different. We separate what God is doing here uh, or our emphasis on our country versus all around the world. So you can now see we've got Europe, those blue areas. We've got Latin America, Caribbean and green. We've got Africa, lower part of Africa in orange. We're well aware that part of the purple is Africa, but we've lumped that with Eurasia, which stands for part Europe, part Asia. And because we named it earlier, it doesn't say Eurasia Africa because that would be weird because we've already named it and we've printed the banners. And so what are you going to do? Uh, we've just lumped that together. We've got Northern Asia because we can't have China. So we have Northern Asia and then we have Asia Pacific. Those regions are how we divide things up and there's different leadership and things set up. So you, you may see way up there in Eurasia, you could see where uh, the Royakers are in Estonia. You can see there that big country right next to Northern Asia, which kind of looks like China, but it's not, it's Northern Asia. You can see Kazakhstan there. So you can see that part of the world. And so we divide it up. Some of you need to get a sense of humor. That's fine. I'll move right along. Okay. Some of you are like, you're out of time. I don't care. All right. So here's now some of these information or statistics that you can see, again, on the website, but I need to look at them. We have 2,640 missionaries all around the world in our global worker family. 1,857 of them are what we call career missionaries. You begin as a missionary associate. That's what the Royakers are doing. Serve one or two years in a land. And, and when you come back, evaluation, discussion, is God calling you to do that for longer? Or was that you know, you went there for a year or two and, you know, God's calling you in a different way. So you're either missionary associate, career missionary, they're longer term. You see people going on short-term missions trips. How many are there? Our trips next year will be adding to that list. And then we recognize that when God calls people, he calls families. And so we have missionary kids, preschool through high school, over 1,200, 253 missionary kids, uh, 18 to 22 that are serving with their families all around the world. On Wednesday nights, we're going to begin praying for them by name and with their situation so that God would keep his hand upon their lives. Uh, the next thing you'll see there, global outreach, we have 252 countries, territories, or provinces served. We have over 53 million constituents. Uh, by the way, our last census actually says it's over 69 million now, but uh, anyway, uh, just a little update on the stats. You don't always get those, but uh, I do. So anyway, then we have all these churches, 367,000 churches in the world that we can currently count. We have some in places that we don't count, but that's another story for a Wednesday night when we're not online. But we only have 336,000 ministers worldwide. What does that mean? 10% of our churches don't have their own pastor. This is why Bishop Jurgen said every believer deserves to have a qualified pastor. Why are we going to continue to build Bible schools so they can train leaders? Because 10% of our churches worldwide do not have their own pastor. Some great things that are happening, you see on the next one, every 54 seconds, a believer is added to the church worldwide, just within the Assemblies of God. You can get saved at a non-AG church as well, by the way, but just the ones. Seriously, you guys didn't laugh at that either? That was phenomenal. I'm killing it this morning. All right, numbers. I, actually, I don't know why I said that. I don't normally say that word. I tell our kids we can't say that. Good, you're not my daughter. That's fine. Moving right along back to my notes. Every 76 minutes, we commission a new pastor uh, somewhere around the world. And every 81 minutes, a new church is planted, which means it's going to take a long time for us to narrow that gap on 30,000 pastors needed immediately. So we're going to do that. Assemblies of God has always uh, led every statistical category for global missions uh, from America. And last year gave over 232 million to world missions, to God be the glory. So it's, you may not think, oh, my, my money here a little bit won't make a difference. It is making a big difference um, all the way around the world. And I would like to say I'm sorry to the tech team because I just realized I did the map out of order. Praise the Lord. We'll go to the last slide. Thank you very much. 
this is now a breakdown of the different areas. I showed you the map out of order. Uh, Africa, Asia, Pacific, Eurasia, Europe, Latin America, Caribbean, Northern Asia, international ministry. So they were color coded so you could see where they were. But here on this list, you can see how many missionaries and missionary associates are in each region. Africa, for instance, has 235 missionaries, 116 missionary associates. But the way that breaks down, there's 55 countries in Africa, for instance, but there's only, there's 21 countries in Africa still without in the Assemblies of God missionary. So there's still work to be done. We thank the Lord for the over 16 million people that attend an Assembly of God church, 83,000 churches, but there's still almost a thousand unreached people groups. Remember, less than 2% of their people group, nationality, language that know Jesus. Therefore, the gospel really doesn't have a good chance of spreading without help. Asia Pacific, you see going on 6 million people, 35,000 churches, 1,100 people groups. Eurasia, this is where Bishop Yurkin mentioned last week, the largest amount of unreached people groups in the world are right there in Eurasia, over 5,300 that still need the good news of Jesus Christ. People groups, not people. And so we need to continue saying, people to continue saying yes to go and to give. In Europe, uh, less than 2 million uh, attending an Assemblies of God church. We, we need God's revival to spread across that land. Latin America and Caribbean, less unreached people groups because of the revivals that have happened there. Uh, 27 million people attending Assemblies of God churches down there, but even there remains significant need. Northern Asia, we, we cannot print numbers and really we struggle to get them as that's against the rules there. Uh, lastly, you see international ministries is mostly, mostly missionaries, missions projects, Builders International, Global University, uh, Publishing, Network 211 or online evangelism. So all of those things happening to God be the glory, but there is still much work to be done. But we just want to say thanks again, giving you a little bit of a glimpse and understanding that we'll be able to explain a little bit more next year. Two more of our primary partners um, for this global sending that we believe we need to be part of are Bethany Global, which is based right here out of Bloomington, which is exclusively missions majors, a college that you can go and uh, just be trained to be a missionary and then go serve around the world, along with Project 42, started by some pastors and leaders here in Minnesota, completely focused on reaching that remaining 42% of the world with the good news of Jesus Christ. Let's take a look at these videos here today. No one has a right to hear the gospel twice until everyone has heard it once. 75.9% of missionaries are sent to people who already have access to the gospel. Less than 0.37% are sent to people who have never heard it. Does this move you to take action? Has God given you a desire to reach the nations, but you don't know where, when, or how to get started? What if I told you that you could reach the lost right now while preparing for a lifetime of impact? At Bethany Global University, our entire focus is missions. We want to help you thrive wherever God places you in the world. And we do that through classes and real-life training. In your first two years on campus, you will understand what it means to be a disciple through classes, weekly chapels, the campus prayer room, life groups, outreaches, and school-hosted events. Your last two years will be spent overseas for 16 months learning the language, becoming interculturally minded, and partnering with missionaries to share the good news of Jesus Christ. During your time on campus, you will have a practical training assignment. Through your job placement, you will not only learn work ethic, professionalism, and interpersonal skills, but it's one of the ways your tuition is paid for. Yes, I said paid for. Because of grants, tuition waivers, and your practical training assignment, all you pay is room and board. Bethany does this because we are committed to giving you the training you need to change the world for Christ. Throughout the world, there are people waiting for help, waiting for hope, and waiting to meet the one who lives and works through you. They are waiting for you. Will you answer that call? Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things 
whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even unto the end of the world. that was asked there in the video, what can you do? And then scratch out said, what will you do? And that really is the question for each of us. Uh, I close with the same quote from Jurassic Park that I mentioned last week. Jurassic Park, is it a specific? I don't know which one, doesn't matter. Um, it isn't enough to do nothing. So we're all gonna do something. We talk about it all the time. Don't do the math, just do your part. It isn't enough to do nothing. I mentioned on Sunday night, we're going to do the same three things next year that we were doing this year. <laughs> three responses for all of us. We're going to pray. As I mentioned, we're going to pray more next year. I just, we feel that as, as we can hear a little bit more and pray a little bit more specifically, like with those missionaries, we're going to continue to pray that God will send out laborers into the harvest field, that he'll call men and women to go. He'll call families to go. He'll, we're going to pray. We're going to pray for those people that have never heard. We're going to pray. We're going to pray like never before. But we're also going to give. That's a little bit more self-explanatory. There's different ways you can give, I'll mention. But we're also going to go. We've got different trips uh, that are going to be uh, available next year. We're going to, we say, you know, if you'll go for a week, then you can pray. God, what about a year or, or a lifetime? Like, what is it, you know, that you would have me to do? We just, prayer is in all of them. We pray that God would call people. We pray, God, what should we give? We pray. When should we go? Where should we go? I'm so excited for even these, these virtual trips that we're doing now that really makes it to where really anybody can go. You don't have to have a passport to get on a flight. You can, you can go and you can pack your own lunch if you don't want to eat at the uh, restaurants that we get, whatever it is, I don't know. But 
every year we kind of have a goal. We're not really goal driven in that regard, but uh, I got an update from our finance department. Uh, for the last couple of years, God has helped us to be able to give away over $1 million every year, whether that's to local partners or global ones all around the world, missionary support. And uh, I received word this month that uh, we just passed that mark once again, that we've given away over a million dollars around the world this year. This is including our, our newer efforts there with Francophone Espanol. You know, we want to reach people all around the world, but we want to reach people that have moved here to the Twin Cities as well. And so God's helping us to do that as well. Um, we're going to continue sending missionaries. We're going to continue training pastors. We're going to continue planting churches in our local community and all around the world. Specifically, you're like, how, how do I get to share in the good report that we've heard, that we've seen, that we're going to hear more of? Well, quite honestly, when you give anything, you get to kind of uh, share in the celebration of what's going on. Because we give uh, 10% of anything that's given in the general fund, we give away to missions. That, that covers any missions expense. It adds to the missionary support, monthly missionaries. Um, at last report, after the third quarter, I think we were closer to 14%. Uh, that we've given away than 10% from the general fund because we just feel like, man, time is short and uh, we don't need to be doing anything. Else. So anyway, that, that's a great report. I thank the Lord for that. As long as he helps us keep paying all of our bills, we'll continue to do that. But maybe you also uh, designate a specific gift, whether we have a partner come and you're like, yeah, we want to be part of Kazakhstan or, or, or Convent of Hope. You know, you mark on an envelope and whatever you mark it to, it all goes there. I think probably like 90% of our missions giving comes in marked or designated to go somewhere. Maybe it's 80%. It's a really big percentage where you're like, God spoke to me about that. Somewhere throughout the year, you get a bonus, you get an increase, you sell something and you're like, man, the Lord has always done something in my heart. I remember something we heard, we prayed about, and you just mark that down and, and that goes off and that's there. Another way is you just Mark a gift, Kingdom Builders, and you kind of, I like to think of a general Kingdom Builders gift like a mutual fund. Like you may give to an individual one, or you just say, I don't know what the big need this month is, or if there's a new missionary going to a new place, and you give it that way, and you get whatever return the mutual fund has. I don't know that all of the things that we're giving to produce an immediate harvest, but I do know over time and for all of eternity, what we give to the Lord will produce a harvest. The word of God will not return void. So whatever we give to him, we know it will produce a harvest uh, over time. And we're going to continue to go to the ends of the earth. Amen. Well, I've, I've talked a long time. I didn't know what to pull out to make it shorter. We were going to sing a dedication song at the end again, the one that Jeff and the team led us in that was called, uh, I Give Myself Away So You Can Use Me. But because um, I took all of our time, again, we just kind of shortcutted it. We said, just play the keys. I'm going to pray. and Because really... As we give ourselves away, it's not so much about an extra prayer to pray in a church service. It really is about how we go and we live our lives. It's about having a family meeting. God, in the next year, what would you have us do to give, to go, as we pray to expand your kingdom? It's how would you use me to reach my neighbor, my coworker? How would you use what I can do to send your gospel around the world? Our response is really when we leave. But we are going to pray before we do that, God, would you seal the work that you've done? We are going to give him thanks for what he's already done. You know, as you notice, there's no like guilt trip offering at the end that was like, man, I wish we could have done some of this. No, this was just like scratching the surface of shared testimony of what God has done because we've already been generous. We've already prioritized that. But I am going to pray for all of us that we would do exactly what we were going to sing in that song that we sang before, that we would give ourselves away. You know, that's way more than giving from our checkbook. It's way more than giving of our calendar. You know, for some people, they got more money than time and some people got more time than money, but all of us have one life. And I think it would, it's the right response for us to say, because Jesus, you gave your life for us. We're gonna give our lives for you, amen? If you're able, would you stand to your feet this morning? I just wanna pray this as our prayer. And as I pray, Pastor David will get ready to come and give us our, our closing instructions. But I don't want to leave this place without praying, giving God thanks for what he's done, but praying for us because we know there's so much more to do. So God, I give you thanks for what you've done for us. You gave us your son, Jesus, because our lives have been changed here at Celebration. We offer ourselves back to you. We, we give you thanks for 
the Bible schools that have been built and the people that have been reached and the compassion projects that have brought hope and help to the hurting. And God, we, we give you thanks for everything that you've already done. I, I give you thanks for a people who are so willing to live open-handed and open-hearted that are moved with compassion on a regular basis, who are always saying, God, what can we do to meet needs in our local community and all around the world? But God, we know that there is still so much more to do. 42% of the world still waiting to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. So we pray, would you help us in the upcoming year do what only you can do, but you work through our obedience. You work through our generosity. So God, I pray, would you quicken the hearts of your people to some specific missionaries, some specific missions projects? Would you move on their behalf, bring increase their way that would enable them to increase their generosity, to, to send the gospel around the world in places like Kazakhstan and, and, and beyond to the ends of the earth? God, would you be glorified? And we ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. We hope that you learned something from this message and are able to apply it to your life. If you gave your life to Jesus for the first time or for the 10th time, please reach out to us on Facebook or email us at info at celebrationchurch.net. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again next week.